Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ohio High School Hoops Around the State podcast. As always, I am your host, Kurt Stubbs. I hope everybody uh, is having a good July. Uh, it's wrapping up here, the dog days of summer, as they say. Uh, very, very hot here in Ohio right now. Travel basketball season uh, coming to a close, uh, and this will be it for those in the 2020 class. Um, kind of hard to follow, uh, unlike some years past with the new recruiting uh, calendar and makeup. So uh, that's why I rely on my guys like Corey Albertson, TJ Petros, Chaz Wolf, uh, Anthony Garcia over at Prep Hoops Ohio, uh, and some of the other guys that uh, do a fantastic job of covering basketball here in the state of Ohio. Now, um, as we move forward into August, um, not a whole lot going on. Uh, Zach Fleer and his 270 guys do have the uh, second annual intro coming up there uh, towards the end of August. I believe that's going to be at Olentangy Orange High School. Then they have the third annual 270 uh, Hoops Fall League, which is going to be at Groveport Madison High School this year. Uh, Zach, I believe they have two different divisions. You have the invite only, and then you have the open division, which uh, both um, leagues have very, very good players in it. So uh, if you are around, uh, I believe that summer or that uh, fall league uh, takes place on Sundays. Uh, if you're around, uh, those are always high, high-level games with very, very good talent. So um, quick plug there for those guys. They do an awesome job, and they've even expanded down to uh, Cincinnati now with the uh, 275 hoops. Uh, today we are going to bring back, um, not bring back, but bring on a, another coach. This guy came in high demand, uh, whether it was through Twitter, uh, messaging me. Uh, we are very glad to have this guy. Uh, it was a great conversation. Uh, he's one of those guys that uh, when you're done talking to him, you, you feel like you're you're uh, ready to get in a stance and uh, to D up a little bit and uh, he, he's just a really, really good guy to have around the uh, game of high school basketball, and he will be returning to the bench this year with his 524 wins. He is a 2017 member of the Ohio High School Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Fame. Uh, this guy has won three state championships, uh, those coming at uh, different sites each time. Uh, so, without further ado, uh, it brings me great pleasure to welcome onto the show, again, head coach at St. Mary's High School, Mr. Dan Hegemeyer. Coach? Yeah, here we are. Hey, I got you, I got you going, huh? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we're really lucky that my son was here to help me out <laughs> this is the first time for me to do this and i thought we we're just going to be on the phone talking but oh no and then the guy goes hey joe get over here so yeah we got her done i tell you what having some of the legends of the game like yourself uh on these podcasts is uh always a mystery with the with the, with the technology stuff I had uh, oh I oh I agree I totally agree I had one phones just for to talk in if you know what I mean <laughs> well I had one of your former duel mates on here a couple of weeks ago uh, and he obviously spoke quite highly of you other than maybe like a specific year maybe 1993 
Uh, Bob Seegerson said you'd be great to have on here. Uh, the Twitter world, uh, you definitely came in high demand from them. So uh, we're glad to have you on. No problem. No problem at all. Well, Coach, uh, let me run down some of these things that you probably already know here about yourself. Um, you won, let's see, 11, let's see, 11 district crowns, four regional titles, two states at Fort Laramie, two district crowns, one regional title, one state title at New Knoxville. You were AP coach of the year in 93, 07, and 08, and 07, you were the Ohio High School Basketball Association coach of the year. Um, ironically, you won your 500th game coaching at St. Mary's against your alma mater, uh, at New, uh, against New Knoxville. Um, you have five have accumulated 524 wins uh, on the high school level. You're a 2017 Hall of Fame member. Coach, I think we got cut off there. Yeah, yeah. My son was just getting ready to leave. He'd get in the car and I had to yell at him to get back. Uh, we're, so we're, we're okay we're, now. I think we're good now. Uh, I was mentioning uh, you won your 500th game uh, when you were at St. Mary's the first time around. You beat your alma mater, New Knoxville, in doing so. You've racked up 524 wins uh, in your Hall of Fame career. And I asked Coach Seegerson when I had him on, I said, you know, Coach Hegemeyer's making the comeback. Uh, what's the chances that you would do so? And he gave me the 0% chance. <laughs> <laughs> so he said that you must be a glutton for punishment. Well, maybe, maybe so. Uh, <laughs> I was off for four years and, um, you know, did a little traveling and everything. And then when the job opened up here again, uh, the kids all came to my door, rang the doorbell, came in and, you know, asked me to coach again and say no. So your coaching career, so you graduate from New Knoxville in 1970 uh, and then in Finley University there in 74, and you cut your coaching teeth um, at Waynesfield Goshen for a couple of years, and then you went off to Spencerville there in the Northwest Conference where you uh, ended up winning a title, a uh, conference title there. Um, what were those early years like for you as a coach, if you can remember back to those days? Well, I had a lot of energy. I really wanted to win. Um, I wish I would have known as much as I do now back then, but uh, it was a great experience for me. I spent a lot of time on the road going to a lot of clinics, uh, going to a lot of college practices all over the area just tried to learn as much as I possibly could and I uh, had a great time at both places and uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. So what was it uh, that attracted you to that Fort Laramie job there before the 84-85 season? Big kids. <laughs> Big kids, no football. They and Well, they do now, but uh, they always had a lot of big kids. Uh, the, the Shelby County, uh, it's a very competitive uh, basketball area. And uh, um, I just knew when I, that, uh, you know, they, were, they won the state one time. 
And uh, if you win it once, you always got a chance to maybe go back and, and, and do it again. And uh, I just knew that there was a lot of talent down there. So you take over um, for George Hamlin, who did win the uh, 1977 uh, state championship there at Fort Laramie. They were 20 and eight. And this is something that you did as well. They were third. They finished third in the Shelby County Athletic League that year and then went on to win the state. Um, they were led by Doug Brandaway, who I believe is uh, was the uncle of Tom who played for you. That's correct, yes. Uh, but before you, before George was uh, a guy by the name of John, is this Kramer? John Kramer, John. Coach Kramer. There's only one b- basketball coach in the town, and it's Coach Kramer. <laughs> Everybody else is George Hamlin. Or, or or myself, but it's coach. When they speak of coach, it's Coach Kramer. Yeah, and I mean, that's a cra- – he was uh, obviously won 250-plus games as well. Uh, George takes over, wins the state there in 77. And you come along, and you got to be thinking, in year one, 84-85, uh, you finish 22-3, and three, and you're on the doorstep of making it to Columbus – uh, but you get beat by a team in your own conference in the regional final, Jackson Center, who ends up going on to win the state title under Coach Jerry Harmon. They finished 27-1 and won that season. Um, what were you thinking after year one? Here you are. You're, you're knocking at the door of a, of a Final Four appearance. Well, um, that was a very uh, – th- that team that I had that year – was probably one of the best run and catch teams that I've ever coached. Uh, we, we didn't have a lot of size, uh, but the guys that we did have, they really knew how to, how to play. They ran the floor well. And, uh, you know, they were very well schooled with George being the head coach. So I just took over and uh, just ran with it. Uh, but that was a very, very good team. And that was a tough loss to swallow, too. Tough loss to swallow, but uh, Jackson Center at that time, was, they had a very, very good team. Uh, we beat them once during the season, then we lost to them during the season because at the Shelby County, you, have, you, you play a round robin. So it was a very, very competitive game. So all three games were very, very competitive. Yeah, you guys beat uh, Middletown Fenwick there by six in the uh... – the regional semis and then heartbreaking loss to Jackson center 56, 53 and Jackson center kind of kept that same trend going. Uh, they, they knock off Chuck Kemper's Whirly squad 60 to 55 and then just skim by uh, Skyview 63, 61 in the final uh, that Skyview team was making their second appearance uh, in consecutive years there. Uh, they were a very talented team at Jackson center uh, took out there for the state championship. So 80, 85, 86, you finished 16 and seven, and then comes along 86, 87. Before the season started, uh, Tom Brandaway was a was a sophomore on this team. You guys finished 22 and six, and you you do win the state title that year. But um, as I mentioned earlier, you finished behind Anna and Jackson Center uh, in the league which just goes to show you how tough that league is. Now, you, I think you were 8-4 and four in the league. Did you, did you beat either of Jackson Center or Anna that year? 
Uh, as, as of right now, I can't say I, we did or didn't. I don't think we beat Anna that year. Um, I, I really don't know. Uh, but, but the thing about that year, we had a lot of kids that were hurt at, at the start of the year. I mean, I think by, uh, the first of the year, we might've been 500, maybe just a little bit over 500. And once we got everybody healthy and on the right track, uh, we are a pretty good team. Yes. Really good. So you get a rematch with Jackson Center in the regional semis that year, and you leave a little doubt, 69 to 40. And then you get um, Columbus Power, uh, Columbus Worley, who after this year would go on to win three state championships in a row. Uh, you beat them 51-49 in the regional final. Do you remember much about that game? Uh, yeah, that was a, uh, when we watched him play, we go, oh my gosh, how are we going to play these guys? How are we going to beat these guys? And, uh, so what, what we did, they were very athletic, very strong, very quick, great size, um, coached really well. And what we did is we just didn't let him get to the rim. You know, we just packed it inside as best as, as we could and tried not to turn the ball over when they put the pressure on us for full court or half court. And we just sneaked by that game. And uh, uh, that was a great win for us. 51-49, that, that game obviously had to be to your liking. Uh, was was uh, Eli Brewster on that Worley team? Right? That's correct. Okay. He I, was there. I thought he yeah. was still there. So that, yeah. that's a huge program win for you guys because that team – and Worley was so dominant uh, throughout the 80s and then into the early 90s there before they closed the doors. Yeah. So you guys get to the state, and uh, you end up playing a team that I'm quite familiar with, uh, an area of the state where I grew up in. Uh, you get Terry Leggett's Buckeye Trail squad there in the semifinals. And 45-44, uh, this was not exactly a, a shooting masterpiece here. Both teams uh, – I think they were 34%. You were 32%. Now, did you trail in that game? Oh, we were getting our butts kicked the whole game. Okay. That's, <laughs> I mean, I, that's what I remember. Were running their, they were running their open post offense. We haven't really saw that on, on this side of the of the state. And, uh, you know, I, I got some tapes on them, and we showed our, our kids and what we had to do and show some – patience on offense uh and we didn't i think we were still on a you know on a big high from beating whirly and i was afraid of that going in i think with about five six minutes to go we might have been down seven eight nine points i just called a timeout and i said fellas it's time to start playing or we're going home and uh they just light came on and we played harder and made some shots and and just moved on and that was in front of 13,112, and that was in um, year two of the uh, state tournament being at the University of Dayton down That's there. Correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, which would be uh, – so you guys sneak by them 45-44, just, you know, kind of how a state tournament game should be. Uh, real grinded out. Uh, you get the victory, and then you go and play uh, Rob Sheldon's Bucyrus Winford team, and you guys – end up handling them pretty well, 68-50. Uh, 
pull away there in the fourth quarter with a 26 to 12 advantage. Was there, was there some of that, you know, angst of that semifinal game kind of taken away there and you guys kind of got back to who you were there in the championship game? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, the first half was pretty much back and forth. And then in the, I think by the end of the third quarter, I think our talent started to take over more. We made shots, ran the floor well. Um, and uh, so, you know, that was one of those games where, you know, you really didn't have to tell the kids what they had to do. They, they knew what they had to do. We knew we dodged a bullet and uh, we cannot do that uh, again. So it worked out well for us. And uh, I know our town, our school and our whole, whole community and the kids were very, very excited and very happy. Yeah, so you guys end up shooting close to 54% in that game, uh, and you hold Winford to under 33%. So you kept up with the strong defensive effort there. Now, right. you guys you guys again played in front of 13,000-plus, and you played a state championship game in all the venues. How did, how did playing at UD Arena compare to the, to the other two? Well – UD, it worked out really well because we played our district final there. Right. Regional games there. And then the state. I mean, that's a big advantage, a big advantage. And uh, so that was really nice. Uh, uh, the people at, at the university treated us very, very well there, though. I've always loved to play in that arena. Loved it. Yeah, I know the team you played in the semifinal, Buckeye Trail, Probably 95% of most of those people from that old Washington town have never been back to Dayton since then. Yeah, <laughs> so, I don't blame them. I don't blame them. It's on the, I don't blame them. So you guys capture your first state championship, the second for the school, and then you come back in 88. Uh, now the, the tournament has moved back to St. John Arena. You guys finished 24-3, and three, undefeated in league play. And um, – you get to the state that year, uh, you, you knock off um, Summit Country Day, and then Bishop Fenwick again. Uh, before you get uh, a, a guy that a, a, was a veteran of the sideline, even then, uh, Dick Cordacrax and his Kaleida squad, uh, and they got the better of you that night, 63-54. Uh, is this a game coming in that you felt like you were pretty confident that you could get by? I mean, Cordacrax's teams are always tough to play against. But That's correct. Um, that was one of those games where if there's such a thing as karma, we didn't have any. Uh, we, just, we just did not play well. Uh, we got outplayed, outcoached. You know, everything that could go wrong did go wrong that game. Uh, I think we got in some foul trouble. Our scouting report wasn't as good as what I would like. Uh, they had some guards, I think, that hit some shots that we felt that they would not make, and they did. And they had a couple big kids in, inside that really worked us over well. But, uh, you know, Dick's a great coach. And, uh, you know, like I said, that was one of those games, especially the, the the third and fourth quarters. I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's not there tonight. It's just not there. Yeah, so you guys were kind of on the reverse end of this. Um, you end up shooting 
36%, and they shot nearly 56% in this game. Tom Brandaway did end up with 21. And the, the interesting thing about this is, is you got you, – you, and we'll talk about this. You end up moving on to, to New Knoxville, and you win a title there in 08. And then 09, you, you come, you're undefeated coming into the tournament. Would you have ever imagined that Coach Quarterbacks – because in 09, he got Kaleida back to the state tournament and uh, ends up getting beat in the state finals. But would you have ever guessed that he would still have been roaming the sidelines in 2009? Nothing would have ever surprised me about Dick Kortokratz. When I played high school ball, he was coaching. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just like that. I mean, Dick's a great guy, great, great coach. Um, so, yeah, and he just loves it. He loves it. Yeah, I, I always I, I found that amazing, you know, because he, he was there in 81 and then, you know, so much uh, had changed uh, between 81 and 09 just to show the and I know he had a tough time with some people up that way uh, wanting him out. But that was just great that he was able to get that squad uh, back to a, a state runner up finish there in 2009. So back to you guys there at Fort Laramie. You you bring Tom back uh, for his senior season, and he ends up um, scoring, I think, eight, 1,834 points, which he held that Shelby County League record for, for quite a while. Uh, that was passed up just recently. You guys finished 21-4 and in 88-89. Tell me a little bit about that team. Is that a team that you thought could uh, could eventually win it? Well, we uh, we got stuck in with Springfield S Central Catholic that year, and they were a very very good team. Um, Tom was six eight, you know, all Ohio player, and we had a bunch of younger guys around. Did not have the the experience that that you would like, but uh, we had a good time. You know, Tom had a great career at Fort Laramie. Like you said, he scored over 1,800 points. And, if, you know, to tell you the truth, he should have had probably 22, 24, 2,500 points. So, I mean, the young man didn't shoot enough. So, but he was a very good team player, and that meant a lot to Tom. So, after Tom collects his diploma there, you guys finished 21 and four, another great season, uh, 89, 90, uh, 15 and eight. 90-91, you guys start trending back up towards those 20 wins. You're 19-5. and five. And then in 91-92, um, you start the season with 21 straight wins, I believe, which is still your, your school record for most wins in a row, uh, led by Scott Schwartz on that team. Who, who knocked you out of the tournament that year? Botkins. Okay. Sectional final. A another Shelby County Athletics School. That's correct. They had a nice young team with nice young players. Uh, again, we had some guys that uh, uh, were banged up a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's just you, you have a bad night. We just had a bad night. And Botkins had a good night. And uh, they they played very well that night. Was that, was that something you kind of could foresee uh, with the injuries and things like that? Or, or did you think that that team was good enough to – to overcome those things. Well, that's why you play the game. Right. Um, we, uh, you know, we felt good going into that game, but you know, you never know what's going to happen. And uh, if you don't get up there and claw and scrape and, and fight, 
you know, you know, when the ball's not going in well for you, then you have to adjust. And if you don't adjust, you know, then you're going home again. So you guys uh, finished the season, another great season, 21 and one. Um, and then you come back in 92, 93. Now this is the next state championship season. I mean, obviously hindsight is 2020, but is this a team that, that, uh, you could have ever expected winning a state title before the season started? Well, that team was probably one of the toughest, hard-nosed defensive teams that I've ever coached. Uh, We only had a six-foot-one center, and the other two state championship teams, or or any of my really, really good teams, uh, we always had big kids inside, and we didn't have any. We just had a bunch of strong, hard-nosed young men, that played good defense and were very unselfish. And, uh, I mean, I mean, those guys could really guard. They could really guard. And we had a couple guys who could, uh, on offense, make things happen. And, uh, yeah, it just finished well. It finished very well for us. So you would see, uh, you would see that familiar foe again, Botkins, uh, in the regional semis. And you narrowly defeat them 57-54. Then you get Cincinnati Country Day, uh, and you beat them by nine. So you get to the state, and and let's be honest, um, Bob Segerson's squad was was very, very good. And you were were definitely, um, we we can look back some years later now and say that you guys were definitely the underdog coming into this game. Uh, they were 25-0 and 0 coming into this game. What did you – I know you played uh, Coach Segerson's teams in the regular season, specifically this one. What did you learn about them when you played them in the regular season that year? Oh, we knew they were good. They were really good. Uh, their point guard was outstanding. Uh, they had good, big, strong – kids inside they were quick athletic they're extremely well coached um and uh, but again uh, like i said before i had a bunch of tough hard-nosed young men that were not going to back down and you know when you're playing in, in at st john's arena you just got to strap them up and play and our kids just put their nose down and uh we played hard and we made made enough shots to win the game and we guarded enough you know, the thing about that uh, that game was, well, maybe it's about maybe 40, 30 to 40 seconds to go. And, well, maybe less than that. Uh, their point guard, I forget his name, but he was dribbling down the floor. And uh, he, he went up and he, he was getting ready to take a shot. And Bob calls timeout. And the young man just kept shooting the ball. He's probably a 20, 22-footer. And it went in. And they didn't let the ball. You know, they said, no shot, no shot. So we were lucky there. But, uh, yeah, that was that was one of those games just like the Whirly game. You just got to strap them up and play and just see what happens. You got to have confidence in yourself. You got to have confidence in your teammate. And you got to have confidence in your coaches. And good things happen then. Yeah, the Aaron Hutchins was was a was a oh yeah yeah that tremendous was, player. He was, he was really really good. You hold them to thirty three percent shooting that night, and, and Coach Segerson and I talked about this as well because I mean 
he was snake bitten um, at St. John Arena. You yeah, know, he had a lot of tough luck. In 92, uh, you know, they lost to Berlin Highland in heartbreaking fashion and then lose by one to you. And then the next year, uh, same thing to Ursuline. So they, they could have very easily been uh, – uh, a three-peat winner, but that, like you said before, that that is why you play, uh, and, and you got to go out and uh, strap it up, and and whatever happens happens. But you figure out a way to get by them, and then you get new uh, new Regal in the finals, uh, a game you win uh, seventy to fifty-four. You jumped out on them pretty early. Were you at all uh, apprehensive about the start of this game with? you know, coming off of a big win to a team that had beaten you previously, were you at all uh, concerned about this, the way you were going to start this game? Very much so. Um, we, I remember talking to them and all of our coaches talking to them that we got to start out uh, well so we don't get in that slump or, you know, just play like crap. Uh, and we did that. But in the, in the second quarter, I recall that, they made five threes on us, and that never happened to, to us all year. So the only thing I told them at halftime, I said they made five threes, five threes. I just repeated that over and over again, and they didn't get a, get those threes in the second half. And uh, and I think they had their best player go down. I think he got hurt a little bit, and he had to come out of the game. And when he came out of the game, that's when we took over. And when they brought him back, I think he came back uh, – we, we had a big lead then. So Jeff Brandaway ends up with 19 in that championship game. Um, there's another familiar name on here, uh, Jason Shadow, who would end up becoming the head coach uh, some years later at Fort Laramie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, he had nine in that game. Uh, th- this is crazy to think. In your two games at the state, St. John Arena that year, you attempted eight three-pointers in two games. Uh, in fast forwarding to 2019, uh, you see eight three pointers in the first two to three minutes of a game. Oh, that's correct. That's correct. That's what that line does. That's what that line does. And but we uh, we always tried to get the best shot that we can get, and the and the closer you get to it, you know, you have a better opportunity to get fouled. And we go to the foul line, and all of my really good teams were really good foul shooting teams. So interesting, uh, a school I'm sure you always kept a close eye on being that it was your alma mater. That same year, New Knoxville had um, Evan Eschmeyer and Ron Re- Oh, yeah. Was it Ron? Is it Renneke? Is that, is that how you pronounce that? Ron Renneke? Reineke. Reineke. Okay. Reineke. So they had those two guys, both uh, a thousand plus point scores there at New Knoxville that same year. So I'm sure you, you had an eye on them as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the the remainder of your time there at Fort Laramie, you, you do spend another seven seasons there with even continued success. You never you never won less than 13 games. You never had double-figure losses. And the thing that I found interesting is the year after you, you depart from Fort Laramie, uh, they go 10 and 11 the next season. Uh, which I believe it had been quite a while since they were under 500. Um, you end up leaving Fort Laramie and going to the college ranks. Is that correct? Yeah, I went there after 16 years. Uh, it was time to 
move on. And uh, the, the the lake campus is about four miles from my house. So uh, I was going to take a couple years off, but it came open, called them, interviewed them. They offered me the job and I took it. So I had some fun. It was fun. Now you end up, so you, you, I think you had what a couple of seasons there where you won 20, 20 or more games there um, at that college. And then what was it that uh, enticed you about going to your alma mater there at the start of the 2004, 2005 season? I blame it on my brother. He called me up and he said, the job's open. Do you have any guts to take it? He said something like that. And I says, well, I'll talk to my wife. I called the superintendent, and he basically said the job's yours. So I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be uh, again, a, a lot of fun just to go back home, coach uh, uh, kids that I knew. I coached, you know, with, that I, you know, I know their mom and dad. I know their grandma and grandpa. So it was nice. Had a great time there. So when you refer, your, your brother, um, is he still the girls' coach at New Knoxville? Yeah, yeah. He's okay. Still the girls coach. And, and he's had he's had a, a good bit of success there uh, as Very well. Nice. So you're nice. blaming him for for taking that job. Well, um, but he, you could you could thank him later. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> Your first season there at New Knoxville, uh, you guys go ten and twelve, but uh, there was definitely some light at the end of the tunnel there. You end up. Uh, losing in the tournament to Minster in overtime. Uh, and Minster goes on uh, to the final four there and loses a tough double overtime game to Lutheran East. So you kind of had an idea there at the end of the 2004-2005 season that you guys were trending in the right direction. That's correct. And plus we had a junior high program coached by Bron Cruzy that was outstanding. And we had a lot of kids that were – you know, had a lot of big kids and the kids who can handle the ball. Uh, I felt that we had a lot of talent on the rise then. So the, the next season, you guys end up a, a really good season, 17 and five, 16 and four in a regular season. Uh, you lose to a team that would end up being a, kind of in a thorn in your side there uh, at New Knoxville. You lose 51-50 to, to Ada, uh, but that does – spearhead on into the next season where you guys uh, run off 25 consecutive wins. Uh, Ross Steinecker ends up being the AP player of the year that year, another thousand point scorer uh, before you would lose to another undefeated team in a, in a very, very tough regional final game. Uh, I believe that game was played at Miami of Ohio. That's uh, correct. You lose to the Georgetown G men that year. Um, okay. What do you recall about that game against Georgetown? Because I know I think it was maybe a two- or three-point game. Uh, again, a really tough back-and-forth game the whole time. Uh, every time I thought we had the game in control, I give credit to Georgetown. They made tough shots. They made good plays, and we just didn't finish the game well. Uh, they deserved the win. Uh Again, it's just like I said before, you got to strap up and play, and you got to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. And Georgetown did a lot better job in that, and they went on to, to win the state tournament. 
Did you happen to um, follow Georgetown into the state tournament that year? Because they, they won a tough game there in the semifinals against Highland, low-scoring game, and then they end up beating uh, Harvest Prep in the finals. Did, did you uh, happen to see either of those games? Hey, it was tough to watch, but oh yeah. <laughs> did, did you did you feel like because I didn't I didn't see you guys in 06, 07, Did you feel like that team was definitely capable of getting the job done? Yes, it was. It was. But again, that's why you play the game, and and you have to finish the 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 game. Uh, a free throw here, a bad pass there, you know, a stupid foul there, you know, all those little things add up and. And it just didn't happen for us that night. And it happened for, for, for Georgetown. But, again, that was a tough loss. I've had a couple tough losses like that. Well, when you've been doing it as long as you, you have, you're probably going to, to, to face a couple of nights like that, yeah. uh, especially with all the success that you've had. And, and when I was doing some research for this, I found it interesting. Georgetown uh, was, was undefeated that season and finished the year undefeated. And, and they didn't even garner – a vote, uh, even an others vote in the AP poll that year, which is, which is very surprising um, because of the way that uh, a lot of times voters vote on record alone. So right. be, being that they were undefeated, I was very surprised. Uh, I know their location is kind of, um, you know, I, I want to say South, maybe a Southwest or Southeast of Cincinnati. Right. Uh, so they're kind of tucked away there, but right. Um, they did end up having another good season the next year. They they had a really good young kid on that team with with those seniors. But so you come back the next year and, and you you uh, had no mercy on on anyone that year. Um, you do lose uh, a Ross, but you uh, bring back Tony Meyer, Brad Peel, Ryan Vanderhorst, Austin Luck, and Caleb Allen. Uh, Tony Meyer ended up finishing second team All State. You had one game all season, Coach, that was decided by less than 10 points. I'm going to ask you a little trivia question. Do you remember who that was? Uh, Parkway, maybe? <laughs> Bingo. 60 to 53 on December 14th. Yeah. Um, your tournament games, the closest tournament game you had that year was 16 points uh, to Cincinnati Seven Hills in the regional final. You won your seven tournament games by an average of 25 and a half points per game. And the thing that I remember about that team is just how unselfish those guys were. I mean, it was typical of all five of those guys, the starters, to finish in double figures. And then you had a couple of guys off the bench uh, that could produce as well. But th that team was so unselfish. Well, they were probably, again, they could uh, handle the ball. They could pass, but the best part of those guys, they understood how to play the game of basketball. Every one of those starters could have went out and averaged probably 20 points a game if they were selfish. But we had Brad Peel at six foot eight. You know, he shot probably, you know, for the year 55 to 65 percent. He wouldn't shoot it enough. We'd beg him to shoot it more. Oh. Caleb's open, Austin's open, Ryan's open, Tony's open. You know, that's the way he thought, and that's the way it worked. And with, with those guys, all you had to do is just give them space, make sure they played hard, and guard people. But they were a very, very fun group to coach. And just like you said, 
they're very unselfish and they could pass like no other team I've ever coached. Now, now tell me about this because um, uh, I remember a coach uh, from Malvern High School, Dennis Tucci, he was talking about uh, he had a really good team, uh, I want to say 08 or 09. And uh, for some crazy reason, uh, on a Tuesday or something like that, he decided to drive to New Knoxville to get a look, look at you guys. And he told me that the atmosphere inside that gym was just was crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tough to get a seat there. I mean, you could not get a seat there. And, you know, it's a gym that might seat maybe a thousand. And uh, uh, we – those years when I was at Knoxville, we we needed a gym that would seat about twenty five hundred to three thousand. I mean, it was, but it was rock and rolling in there, and it was loud and uh, very intimidating for a team to come in there that that wasn't prepared for it. Now, for those of you that the listeners out there that maybe not as familiar with that side of the state. The fact that you guys did this and the way you did this in 08 in a league like the Midwest Athletic Conference, which is one of the, if not the best small school leagues in the state of Ohio, uh, is just absolutely incredible. And then you, you, you get to the state and you shoot 51% in the semifinals, a 21-point win over uh, Wayne Trace. And then you beat Worthington Christian 74-52 in the finals. You shoot 52%. Uh, seven of 12 in the first half from three. Um, so just a, a dominating uh, season capped off with a 27-0 record. Now, you may not know this, and you may not even care, but that Worthington Christian team you beat in the finals uh, has a, a, a lead singer of a, a very famous band right now, 21 Pilots. Uh, you probably remember those Joseph brothers. Uh, they yeah. chucked a lot of threes. Uh, yeah. One of those, one of those Joseph brothers. I think it was Tyler. Uh, I, I could be wrong. Ends up being a, a very famous frontline singer for Twenty One Pilots, but uh, that's neither here nor there. You, you end up disposing of them by uh, twenty two in that game, and, and you bring back uh, quite a few guys from that team. You did lose Tony Meyer, uh, which was a, which was a big loss, um, but you end up rolling off twenty two straight games. Um, again, the next season, I think you had, uh, at some point, a 63 game regular season winning streak, three straight seasons. You were undefeated in the regular season, uh, three pole titles and, uh, 74 and two over a three season stretch coach that, that is, that's, that's going to be hard to duplicate. Yeah. But those two really hurt. <laughs> those two really hurt. But uh, yeah, it was a it was a great time at, at New Knoxville. Uh, again, we had very talented young men. Uh, their dads and grandpas they really helped them when they were younger to get them out and playing. And they, uh, I had a great coaching staff as well. So you know, it just clicked. Everything clicked well. So 2008, 2009. I mentioned you guys run off 22 straight. Now. And I don't know this. I'm just kind of speculating. But you had seven games that season that were settled by less than ten, including a triple overtime game with Fort Recovery. Um, just by looking at some of these scores, you you end up beating Lima Perry by 15 in the tournament, and then Lima Temple Christian by nine, uh, and then Ada ends up uh, upsetting you 52-45 before they go on 
uh, to a state tournament appearance. Could you kind of see this coming? Was it, was it, was it becoming tougher and tougher to keep this going? I would say yes. Um, sometimes when you're playing uh, a team, and I've noticed this throughout all the years that I've coached, you hit a, you just hit a bad stretch. I mean, things aren't just going well. Uh, you get flat. I don't know what it is, but uh, uh, you just have to fight yourself out of it. And uh, it just happened at the wrong time that year. And, uh, you know, I mean, I had great kids. I mean, they were, they worked hard and they cared, but you know, sometimes, you know, you just, it, you just don't have it for a few weeks. And that was the wrong time of the year for that to happen. So, you know, we mentioned coach Seegerson at LCC could have won three straight. I mean, your, your teams in 07, 08 and 09 could have easily won three straight as well. Um, basketball can be a cruel game. Uh, sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just not your night. Uh, and it was Ada's night that night. Uh, they, they knock you off. Um, Ryan Vanderhorst, uh, and then there was a, uh, Marcus Reinecke, uh, was another younger guy on that team. Um, was it, was it tough to leave those guys? Very, very tough. Very tough. One of the hardest things I ever had to do, but it was very tough. So you, you uh, end up going to St. Mary's, um, where I believe, is that where you reside? Correct, correct. Okay. I've always lived here. Yeah, I got it, married in, in 1976 by a young, a young lady from town here, and we built a house here, and that's where we've been the whole time. So when you, you, were, so you were living at St. Mary's through, through all of this. Uh, correct illustrious career what what was the uh what was the drive distance to to those uh fort most Laramie of the time is like 15 to 20 to you know maybe 30 minutes you know it would, it really wasn't that bad wasn't so that bad at all. what ultimately sealed the deal for you to to want to take over at uh st mary's well it's just like this uh i uh I will tell you the truth. I re retired from being a guidance counselor and St. Mary's offered me a job and I decided it might be kind of fun to coach in the same town uh, that I lived. And so that's what I did. So you take over at St. Mary's and you just have a, a knack of wanting to join leagues that are just uh... – <laughs> Yeah, pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you've coached in the SCAL, uh, the, the, the MAC, and now you are going to decide to go into the WBL, the Western Buckeye League, uh, which, I mean, you could argue that's the toughest D2 uh, league in the state of Ohio, and throw in D3 there with, with Ottawa Glandorf. Um, so you, you, you start off, and it wasn't uh, – it wasn't – quite magic like uh fort laramie and new knoxville talk to me about the uh you take over a program i think that was one in 20 the the year before you got there oh yeah uh they had some uh nice young guys skill level was not very good uh, we had a uh 
put a uh, a freshman of five foot eight and probably about 125 pounds to be the point guard and we're going against Salina you're going against Van Wert you're going against Bath you're going against Elida and there's everything and every time you walk out on the floor oh that kid's going D1 that kid's going D2 oh there's another D1 player we did not have that but we played hard and we won some games and just moved on so you guys started trending uh, in the right direction. There, there were some, some trying times, but uh, your time at St. Mary's, uh, there were some uh, really, really good teams. Uh, 2012 uh, Elida team was a game-winning shot of going to overtime with Dayton Dunbar uh, right. in the state championship game. So. You got uh, you got a great four years of uh, Dakota Mathias. Uh, you got uh, Reggie McAdams for McAdams, a couple of years. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then uh, I'm a bath with the twins, and they yeah, were very good. You got Defiance. Yeah, Defiance wins Wars, the title. I know Wapak. Oh yeah, we yeah. went up against some really really talented teams. Yeah, Defiance wins the 2015 state title, and uh, they they might not even have been the you know Salina. Um, had beaten them, I believe, in the regular season that year. Right. And then they ended up beating them in the tournament. But and you're not not even mentioning like Ottawa Glandorf and then the out of conference schedule that you guys play up that way is also well, very, that's very the Mac good. too. We played in the WBL and the Mac. And and you're going against very talented and very well coached teams. But it's a challenge. And, in, you know, again, as long as uh, the, the guys that you are coaching are playing hard and doing the best you can, you try to prepare them the best you can, you can't ask any more than that. And that's what we tried to do. Yeah, and so, even, I mean, even before you, you went to Fort Laramie, I mean, that, that Northwest Conference at, at Spencerville obviously uh, is a really good conference, especially present day. Um, right. You know, with Convoy Crestview and, and right. Columbus Grove. So, right. To tell because you know not everybody is able to to get to that part of the state and people kind of tend to stick in their area right. uh, unless you're you're a basketball junkie. Um, what is it like night in and night out? Say for instance, when you're in the WBL, you're playing those teams, and then out of conference, you're playing the MAC. There is no night where you walk in and go, okay, here's a twenty point win. No, there is no, there is no such thing. Um, again, um, this, this area really loves their a athletics. Um, uh, you can just tell with the Mac and, and, and the WBL, all the success they have in all their sports. Um, they're, you know, they all know how to play. They're all, their towns demand that they play well. And, uh, so, you know, you're, Playing against big crowds, especially on a Friday night, the crowds are always big, and uh, um, that's just the way it is here. Um, you know, if you don't come and play, you're going to get your butt whipped, and uh, and I only think that makes you better too. Uh, playing of teams that are not as talented, I don't think does you any good in in the long run. In a lot of those games, correct me if I'm wrong, up your way are like Friday, Saturday, like back-to-backs? Friday, Saturday, yeah, Friday, Saturday, and it all depends 
with the football playoffs like Marion Local. And, you know, they always go and win, and win the state in football. They get jammed in and they're playing Friday, Saturday, Tuesday. And then sometimes they play a Monday, Tuesday. So, uh, and they have a lot of success as well in both sports. You know, one thing I, I've always admired, and I'm not saying that it, that it never happens, but when you look up that way, Mac, Shelby County, uh, WBL, like kids don't typically, if ever, transfer at those schools. It's not like, you know, Coldwater football or Marion local football. You know who is going to be on the roster from year to year. Um, just in, in, in the amount of success, and I think there has something to, to be said about the fact that, that those kids stick together from the time they're little uh, and the reason that they do have so much success. But I've always admired that about that part of the state where there's very little, if any, kids jumping schools. Well, no, and, you know, that transfer thing just doesn't happen around here. Um too much. It does a little bit, but not very much. Um, kids grow up in their town. You know, they all they go to school to probably the same place from K through 12. Uh, families are all solid. Their moms and dads probably played. And uh, so uh, it's part of a tr- tradition around here. You know, that's what you do. And uh, you just stay in the same area. You know, maybe it's a little closed-minded sometimes, but they just stay in the same area, and that's what they do. And uh, they start playing Little League, soccer, peewee football, you know, basketball, the whole thing. And they just keep going. But, you know. And, and, and here's one more thing. I think a lot of the people, when they get out of high school, you know, they go on to college or, you know, do something, move away, they get married. And a lot of times they move back because that's what they're, they, they, they want their kids to, to grow up in. Yeah. And you, you mentioned closed minded, but you know, when you think about it, um, kids up that way, go division one, they go division two, you put guys in the major leagues, you put guys in the NFL. Um, so it's not like, you know, the kids are being handicapped by staying at these schools. I mean, these, these no, guys, these guys are, they're going on to, to, for ultra success, uh, in athletics at the next level. So, uh, yeah, just, just a, a great place to live and a, a great place for athletics. Um, so your last year, uh, your first run at St. Mary's, you, you finish at 16 and nine, you're in the district final, uh, against a, a WBL uh, school Salina ends up beating you uh, in that game, uh, and then Salina ends up getting beat by Defiance, who wins the state title. So, in between you leaving there and coming back, uh, St. Mary's has been 26 and 65, uh, 10 and 26 in the WBL. Uh, they haven't won more than eight games since you left. Um, what is it that, that still um, drives you to want to come back to this and, and, and maybe turn things around again? Well, again, I blame my brother. <laughs> this brother, it's him, man. He's... I blame him because the past two years, you know, he's the head coach, head girls coach at New Knoxville. Uh, he had some health problems. Uh, he called me up. He needed me to help out. And I said, okay. 
So I did. And then last year, uh, I got bored and I said, Tim, I got nothing to do. I'm going to come over and I'm just going to practice with you. And he said, fine. So I just got the bug back. And then when those kids came over to my house and they basically, you know, they asked me to coach again and, and I talked to my wife and, uh, and I've had other chances to coach again as well, but I always go to my wife, Joanne, I said, yay or nay. And she says, nay, this one, she didn't say nay. So I just <laughs> said, okay, here, here we go again. So we'll see what happens. So, so the boss said, okay, the boss said, okay. So <laughs> what, you know, what is it that you're you're most looking forward to uh, coming back for round two? Well, what I'm looking forward to is getting the guys in, in the gym where you can practice and uh, really try to teach the game of basketball, both ends of the floor. Um, I think we have some talent here uh, and we have some size and we have some young men uh, that are – willing to work you know i told him when it when I, I told him if i accept this job things are going to change you guys have to get in the gym during the off season no if ands or buts and they said fine so it's been very good so, so far but i can't wait till november when we can start to practice now how much i mean i know saint mary's is, is a, a football town um, you got it and they had a ton of success last year. I think they were, were they in the state semifinals maybe last right year or that. I don't know if they were the state or the regional, but they've had a lot of success. Coach Fry and his staff, they do a great job here. So, you know, a lot of schools, it, it varies, but does, but does that success on that football field, does that help you with the basketball program? Or is it like a situation where a lot of kids that, that could possibly help the basketball team just play football? Well, Marion Local has a lot of success with it. Coldwater has a lot of success with it. St. Henry has a lot of success with it. Minster has a lot of success with it. So I think St. Mary's can have a lot of success with it. Yeah. Cool. Because, you know, all they got to do is have some time in the offseason and play. And that's what we're trying to do. So when you, you look back over, I mean, you, you, you've been – coaching in multiple decades and the game has evolved and changed in so many different ways. But what is it that when this is all said and done and you retire for the last time, um, what are you going to remember most about this journey? I mean, because it would be easy to say the state championships and those are great, but what are you going to remember most about this journey? I would say the relationship I have, with my players that's the most important thing you know you can't keep everybody happy but i know when i go around and i go to Lormy or go to new knoxville or go to spencerville or waynesfield some of the players that i've coached it's great to see them it's great to talk um there's a lot of bs flying around but it's it's that's the most important thing for me and if you um could give, and I like to ask guys like you that have certainly done it at a high, high level. If there was a piece of advice you could give a lot of these young guys getting into the business now, what would be your best piece of advice for these guys? Oh, best piece of advice. Uh, be open-minded. 
I would say uh, get out and watch how other people do it. Then form your own plan of how you want to do it. Uh, and again, be open-minded, be fair to the kids, uh, and uh, um, have a plan of what you want to do and just follow that plan. And like I said, you can't keep everybody happy, but you know, you have to keep yourself happy and be true to yourself. That's my advice. Coach, is there, is there one more state championship run in you? We hope there's a couple more to tell you the truth. We, but you don't know, you don't know. Uh, you know, I would love uh, to be able to get down there. I've won one during the eighties, one in the nineties, one in the, the aughts and, you know, this is the teams. I'm going to be out of that, but it, it would be a great, great, uh, it'd be a great fun to do, but I'm not counting on that. I'm just counting on trying to teach the game and get our guys to play good team basketball. Now you, you probably know this, but you are the only coach in the state of Ohio that ever won a state title at St. John arena, UD arena and the Schottenstein center. Yeah, I know that. Yes. I figured you did. Yep, I knew that one. <laughs> well, Coach, man, you know, th- th- this is one that I've been really looking forward to because uh, just doing even more research on this, just seeing how uh, successful your teams have been over the years. And I, I personally, I didn't realize – I knew Fort Laramie was was good over the years, but I didn't realize how good they were in your time there. And th- This has just been – um, a blast for me to be able to catch up with you. Well, that's been fun to talk about all this. And, uh, it's, you know, sometimes I kind of, when I think back and look at all the guys that I've coached and all the success that we had with them and all the guys that I've coached with, and that has a lot to do with it too. I mean, Bob Armston told me a long time ago when I first started out, you got to have quality people around you. And I've had very, very good people around me so uh, that, that have helped me coach. And I couldn't have done it without them. Well, Coach, we're glad to have you back. I mean, this game truly – and I don't you know, mean this to you – know, this game truly does need guys like you to still be involved in it to, uh, to, to see to, – for these younger guys to see how, um, you know, you guys – in your generation and even a little bit after that conducted their self and how you run a program and, and how you uh, in game coach and, and things like that. You, you are still needed in this game. Well, thank you very much. I just hope I don't fall asleep on the bench. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe your brother or your wife can wake you up. Yeah. They'll, yeah. Tim will call me up and say, get going again. So I don't know, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, thanks for your time, coach. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you.